This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by our brand new sponsor, Art Cloud. Trusted by thousands of galleries, artists, and collectors worldwide, Art Cloud's all in one art management solution and integrated art marketplace is the fastest growing of its kind. Use Art Cloud's marketplace to discover and buy exceptional pieces tailored for your taste, share your favorites with friends and fellow art enthusiasts, and use the app to visualize artwork in your own space. If you're an artist or gallery, plug into ArtCloud's best-in-class art management platform, including easy-to-use client inventory management, sales assistance, and the opportunity to grow your business by listing your art on ArtCloud's booming marketplace. Ready to explore ArtCloud? Registration is free, so sign up now on ArtCloud.com, spelled A-R-T-C-L-D.com, and request a demo today. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're joined by Robin Pogrebin, culture reporter for the New York Times. Robin wrote an interesting article in this past week's New York Times on the increasing trend of small and mid-sized galleries closing across the U.S. Robin's nice enough to join us to talk about this topic a bit further. Robin, it's great speaking with you. How have you been? Fine, thanks. Happy to be here. In your article, you wrote and I'm quoting you, mid-sized galleries have long struggled to compete in a field increasingly dominated by mega-galleries with multiple locations. But lately, the trend toward an intensely commercial and competitive art market has resulted in a critical mass of galleries folding, moving, or merging. You spoke with several of these small and mid-sized galleries who've recently closed. What are a few of the major reasons why they're all of a sudden starting to close? Well, I think what's interesting is, you know, over the years, there has there has always been some shaking out inevitably of uh, galleries that haven't been able to hack it uh, financially. What makes this sort of period differently is one, how there seem to be a lot of galleries kind of deciding to go in this direction at one time. And, and the main reasons seem to be basically threefold. One is the cost of art fairs, which is um, it's kind of a catch-22 where if they don't go, they miss out on the main uh, kind of marketplace now for buying. Uh, a lot of collectors are doing their buying at these art fairs because it's kind of one-stop shopping where all these galleries are collected in one location. There are galleries, there's basically kind of a, a, a uh, art fair a month, so there are many of them throughout the year. And that means that traffic has slowed at the galleries themselves. So people are not coming and buying in person the way they used to. Um, it also costs a lot to participate in an art fair. It can cost from $100,000 or more. And that obviously is very taxing for a smaller gallery that doesn't have a lot of kind of liquidity to work with. Um, the other aspect of it is Instagram and social media, the sense that people can kind of see images of art and sometimes buy directly based on something that they've seen online. And so there is less of a need to actually go and physically check something out. Um, And the third thing is just that these large galleries that manage to have locations all over the world are hard to compete with. Um, They have huge infrastructure in terms of marketing and support and a collector base. And it's just harder to compete now, um, as well as the kind of real estate rents in main gallery areas like Chelsea in New York City, um, where it's very expensive to pay the rent. And you wrote a great article on this topic, and there have been a few other things either written or just feels like people are talking about this topic more and more recently. 
Can you give us a sense as to how prolific this issue is for these size galleries, either closing or on the threat of closure? How many galleries does it feel like we're talking about? Well, we don't necessarily have data on how many actually are, are closing. What we do have is this um, sense of how galleries uh, that, are, that have lower sales um, have seen a, a, a decline in their business. Um, and so we see that happening. And what we also see is some of these dealers deciding to just uh, sell in alternative ways, either to merge together and combine forces, or in some cases to just sell without a physical space and um, kind of become art advisors to some extent or to be dealers without having to actually have a storefront. Um, so some of that you see. And I think it will be interesting. We're at kind of a little bit of a tipping point right now in the market where what is doing well in the art market are the high-end pieces, the kind of at auction you see, you know, very strong prices at the high end. Um, and the big question mark is this, this middle territory, um, whether both galleries as well as artists at that level um, can sustain themselves given the economic pressures. Yeah. Is there a sense if this is a temporary trend or if there's been a dramatic shift that's occurred, um, as you touched on the proliferation of art fairs, social media, the mega galleries. Um, so is there a sense if this is just a temporary trend for these smaller mid-sized galleries or if a shift has really occurred in terms of how collectors buy and from whom and maybe as a result, we won't see as many of these smaller galleries in the future? I think it's likely, you know, given the uh, the internet, it's hard to put the genie back in the bottle, and that we we are in a new time where people feel very comfortable with imagery. People look to Instagram. There have been a few sort of famously um, sort of you know examples of where actual pieces have been advertised on Instagram or, you know, an auctioneer says, I have this coming up for sale or this, you know, this is coming to Sotheby's or Christie's. Um, and so what might have seemed completely unorthodox at one time, people are getting a lot more comfortable uh, dealing with technology and doing their buying there. I mean, there's always been some sense of, you know, galleries would send PDFs of images and collectors would buy that way. But I think there's also a feeling where a lot of these collectors don't have a lot of time on their hands. It's hard to go gallery to gallery. It's obviously much more time intensive. And so there are just quicker ways to buy. What's happening at the same time is this sense that supply is diminishing for the good work, the sort of the top pieces. So there's intensifying competition um, to get these things. And so that means just kind of a faster... Uh, metabolism for a lot of these collectors where they want to grab something as soon as it's available. And that all argues for a real change in terms of habits. And it's not the same kind of leisurely checking out a piece, maybe leaving and going back and seeing it, maybe having it come to your house and living with it for a while. Things are happening much faster now and decisions are getting made more quickly and, and just more money is exchanging hands. And it's interesting to me that you mentioned Instagram as a potential reason why some of the smaller and middle-sized galleries are suffering. Um, as some would think that a social media platform like Instagram could potentially help smaller mid-sized galleries who, without it, 
um, may not be able to expand their reach as much as they could if they utilize the uh, social media platform. But from speaking with galleries, your sense is that it hasn't helped the smaller galleries as much as the big ones, or did they touch on Instagram when speaking with you? You know, I, I think that they, a lot of them feel at this point kind of hurt by that trend um, to the extent that it means people are not coming in the door and paying a visit on their own. At the same time, if you talk to some consultants, they say that the, the internet is sort of the, the next great hope, that if online sales can really be strengthened, then, um, then maybe galleries can kind of make up the difference that way. Um, usually, though, historically, online sales so far have been for lower-priced items, and so it never sort of can match the level uh, of these other sort of big pieces that, that big galleries are handling and that um, sort of the big buyers, the biggest buyers seem to want. But there is this possibility that mid-sized and smaller galleries could take advantage of the internet that way to some extent and maybe start doing more of their sales online. And then sort of their brick and mortar locations would have some of the pressure taken off of them. But I think that one of the big, big parts of all this is that the gallerists, at least some of them who I talk to, they're just, they're not enjoying how things have changed in a way that, you know, why they got into this business in the first place was to have personal relationship with artists to really cultivate their careers with care, to place them in major institutions or just institutions generally. And that now there is much more of a kind of transactional and utilitarian um, kind of requirement in order to really sustain business at a higher level. And many of them are feeling disillusioned by that and sort of thing that's, that's not what they um, got into this for. And so they've decided to get out. And speaking of the artists, are you aware of what's happening to a large majority of these artists in these situations where their smaller mid-sized galleries are closing? I think that is sort of the, the other shoe to drop, which is kind of how these mid or mid-level and lower priced artists are going to do if they don't have the galleries to support them and to promote their work. Um, and you do hear a little bit about how there is this shakeout going on where collectors kind of want the tried and true to some extent. They want um, artists who have been tested by the market already, who clearly sell well at auction, um, who have a track record, um, and there and might be less. They might be feel less sort of emboldened to take a fly or take a risk on someone who, you know, hasn't necessarily had the same kind of market reinforcement. Um, at the same time, there is the sense that you're always looking for the next great thing. Since, since supply is always a problem, people are kind of hungry to discover um, sort of the next uh, batch of hot artists who they can count on um, because there's you know, only so much work out there um, by those who already exist. So there's a real tension in that, and it will be interesting to see whether artists can really be developed over time the way they have been in the past or whether you just... Um, it's basically kind of sink or swim in, in a much more a harsher sort of survival of the fittest. 
Robin, thanks so much for joining us and discussing this fascinating topic further. And again, your article on this trend was in this past weekend's New York Times, so our listeners can uh, read it there or online. And you're also tweeting sometimes about the art market and other topics. If our listeners want to follow you, what's your Twitter username? It's rpogrebin. Perfect. Thanks again, Robin. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks to ArtCloud for sponsoring this week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast. Trusted by thousands of galleries, artists, and collectors worldwide, ArtCloud's all-in-one art management solution, an integrated art marketplace, is the fastest growing of its kind. Use ArtCloud's marketplace to discover and buy exceptional pieces tailored for your taste, share your favorites with friends and fellow art enthusiasts, and use the app to visualize artwork in your own space. If you're an artist or gallery, plug into ArtCloud's best-in-class art management platform including easy-to-use client inventory management, sales assistance, and the opportunity to grow your business by listing your art on ArtCloud's booming marketplace. Are you ready to explore ArtCloud? Registration's free, so sign up now on ArtCloud.com. That's spelled A-R-T-C-L-D.com. And request a demo today.